Well, uh, Preachers and Sneakers is a popular page on Instagram, and it's given the creator, Ben Kirby, over 200,000 followers. In 2019, Kirby observed the growing number of celebrity preachers in America wearing rather expensive sneakers. And so he started posting simple screenshots from these celebrities' uh, preachers' Insta pages alongside the price tag of the sneakers they were wearing. They started at 1,000 US dollars, then 3,000, over 3,500 US dollars, 4,000, over 5,500 US dollars. Ridiculous, silly amounts of money. Amounts that became hard to explain other than pure greed. Kirby did some maths and he worked out that the average monthly household rent of the average church member was not even half of what some of these sneakers cost. It was an outrageous sign of these celebrity preachers plundering God's people. And of course it made the news. Kirby's Insta page kept trending throughout the lockdown of last year when people were losing their jobs left, right and centre. But still, the preachers kept turning out in their fresh kicks. You see, these are the stories about Christians and churches that make the headlines. Splashy, trashy corruption. You could think that God's gone silent because scandal and corruption is all we see his leaders doing today. And in the days of 1 Samuel, that's all that seemed to be happening amongst the priests at Shiloh. We met Eli, the dodgy priest, last week. He was rocking on his chair at the back of the temple and he thought Hannah was drunk when she was praying for a baby. And today we are introduced to Eli's two sons. Their names are Hophni and Phinehas and they're described in the passage as worthless men. Worthless men because of their greed. Now, they weren't rocking up to the temple in first century fresh drop Jordan 1 sandals, but their greed is just as shameful. They're not greedy for sneakers. Instead, they're greedy for meat. There's this strange description of taking a big fork and then sticking it into a boiling pot and pulling out bits of meat at random. It seems a bit weird to us, but it was actually a horrible rejection of God's word and of God himself. Because, see, the lamb that was boiling in those pots at the temple, that was, those lambs were brought to the temple by faithful Israelites, and they brought it to offer as a sacrifice. These lambs had been tended by these people over the past year, and they had been relied upon for the family income. But in gratitude to God, they had offered them up as a sacrifice of praise. The lamb boiling in those pots was a sign from those people to God that they trusted in his provision and in his mercy to them. But we're told that while the fat hadn't even been rendered off the meat, Hophni and Phinehas would rock up and snap up all the choice bits of meat with their three-pronged fork and stuff their faces. They would take whatever they wanted from all the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh. There's no secrecy here. Hophni and Phinehas, they parade their greed in broad daylight as they wrestle meat away from the worshippers of God. It is brazen public greed. It's just like a preacher on a platform in a $5,000 pair of Yeezys. 
but it gets worse. As well as stuffing their faces, in verse 22, we are told that Hophni and Phinehas were sleeping with the women who served in God's house of worship. What had started as greed for a feed had turned into something far more sinister and sickening. It should shock us, but it probably does not surprise us. You see, as well as the media reporting about the financial scandals of the church leaders of today, their sexual scandals are all too commonplace as well. In fact, they've become unremarkable. We are so used to seeing them on our screens and in our news feeds. One of the celebrity pastors that featured in the Preacher and Sneakers uh, Insta page was New York Hillsong preacher Carl Lentz. Here he is wearing an $800 pair of Nikes. They're ironically called the Fear of God model. Anyway, a little while after appearing on the Preachers and Sneakers Insta page, Lentz was sacked from Hillsong. It emerged that he had been bullying people in his church and that he had also been cheating on his wife with a fashion designer. Sound familiar? You see, greed often leads to lust. Carl Lentz and, and Hoffney and Phineas, they are all two unremarkable examples of this failure. But there's another failure in this passage, and that's Eli himself. Because when Eli goes to confront his worthless sons over stuffing their faces and sleeping around, it's fair to say he's hopeless. Boys, it's not good what you're doing. Why are you being so naughty? Is pretty much all he says to them. And so Hophni and Phinehas, like they obviously had done before, just ignore their old man. And they can ignore God's word as well. And it spells their doom. You see, being greedy and sexually dodgy is bad enough, but to do these things with God's sacrifice and with God's servants and at God's house, well, that is to attack God himself. And that leaves these fellows without anyone to defend them. God delivers a message to Eli saying that because of his lack of discipline and because of Hophni and Phinehas's wickedness, well, their family is going to be removed from serving at Shiloh forever. And the sign that this is God's punishment will be that Hophni and Phinehas will die on the same day. This passage is full of diabolical deeds, isn't it? And they have diverted our attention uh, away from the person who this book is named after. Last week, we, we were thinking about faithful Hannah and her desire for a son. And then Samuel is born to, to grow up under Eli's roof. Samuel's meant to be the focus. But the splashy, trashy headlines of priests' potluck runs out has been distracting us. It can seem like this is all God does these days. He just gets embarrassed by dodgy church leaders. But if we look closely at the passage again, we see that Hophni, Phinehas and Eli, they are just blips on the radar. God is quietly working away in the unremarkable. We're told in verses 18 to 19 that Samuel served in the presence of the Lord, a mere boy dressed in a little robe that his mum Hannah would bring for him each year at the annual sacrifice. And then in verse 26, after Eli wimps out with his two loser sons and they go back to their temple prostitutes, the writer tells us that by contrast, the boy Samuel grew in stature and in favour with the Lord and with the people. See, here is where God is at work. 
He is slowly growing and refining the character of Samuel. In chapter 3, God speaks to Samuel and he tells him of his plans to raise him up as a priest in Israel. But it doesn't happen at the entrance to the temple in front of Hophni and Phinehas philandering. It doesn't happen around the cooking of the sacrificial meat in front of all of Israel. No, it happens in the quiet of night while Samuel is sleeping. And then at the end of chapter 3, we are told that Samuel grew. The Lord was with him and he fulfilled everything Samuel prophesied. All Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a confirmed prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh because there he revealed himself to Samuel by his word. So the word of the Lord continues to tick along in the unremarkable. The true word of God's faithful promise to establish a faithful leader for his people, that is what signals the downfall of the dodgy priests. That's what has exposed the preachers and sneakers, not the media, not Ben Kirby's Instagram. No, it's the word of God that has exposed that. The word of God made flesh in the faithful priest king named Jesus, who reveals God's grace to us, so that the grace of God that has appeared can bring salvation for all people. And it instructs us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous and godly way in this present age. Lavishing yourself in $5,000 sneakers or cheating on your wife, that's the godlessness and worldly lust that gives the church a bad rap. And the word of God exposes it. The real action of God's work in this world doesn't happen on Instagram. It happens in the seemingly unremarkable but glorious transformation of God's word shaping God's people, shaping them to live sensible, righteous and godly lives. That's what happens in the life of Samuel. And it's what happens in your Christian friends and teachers here at Track and in your family. And I pray that this term, God's word, will come to work in your life too.